Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Today I'm talking a ton of different things with an amazing guest, Laura Lyons. We're talking about the importance of animal products and how vegan diets might not be the best option for those struggling with hormone imbalances or just women or people in general. Um, Rewilding your gut and what she means by that, the importance of gut health, diversifying your gut and getting back in touch with nature. Mineral balancing, why she is also a huge fan of the HTMA, the Her Tissue Mineral Analysis Test, something that I run with all of my new clients because I just find it such a valuable test and very low cost, low invasive, and can just tell me so much about the whole body, but I really want to know why Laura loves that as well. And yeah, just a few different things. I love following her on Instagram and I'm sure you will as well. So I'll put all of her contact details in the show notes. But for those who don't know, Laura Lyons is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. She's the owner of Wild Lyons Wellness and the founder of Wild and Well-Fed Wellness Collective and the online course Rewild Your Gut. She is a women's health nutritionist with a focus on metabolism, hormones and digestion. Her goal is to help women understand their bodies better, take the fear out of food and help women thrive in a world of diet culture and confusion. She is a food first practitioner and helps women conquer their symptoms through mineral balancing, comprehensive lab tests, diet and lifestyle changes. So I love the holistic approach and I'm sure you've got plenty of experience. I want to know all about how you work and some of the amazing results that you've got with your clients. But first, can you tell me a little bit about how and why you became a functional nutritionist, maybe as opposed to going down the conventional path of a dietitian or more in like the medicine world? Yeah, totally. So yeah, I mean, I guess my health story started when I was a kid. I mean, you know, just eating processed foods, just growing up eating complete junk, which destroyed my digestive system. I was having stomach aches. I mean, I was complaining of stomach aches at such a young age and doctors just chalked it up to me having severe like social anxiety or just like, you know, just anxiety disorder in general. Um, The good thing is, is my parents never put me on medication, which is awesome. So even though all doctors wanted to blame my stomach issues on anxiety, my parents knew better. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, I mean, I just had stomach aches forever. I mean, I even went through college I went through an entire time where I just drank like Gatorade and Nutrigrain bars because I was so sick. Like it was the only thing that I could stomach. Everything else made me so sick. And can you imagine like being in college, like living in dorm rooms and stuff and just constantly having stomach aches and stomach issues? And I never really 
put a lot of it together, but it got worse when I was in college. And it was right after I started going on when, when I went on the birth control pill. So I went on birth control because everybody, when you go to college, they tell you, oh, you got to go on birth control. Like, what if something happens? And of course they put like fear into you thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen? I need to go on birth control. So I went on birth control and I didn't realize it, but I feel like that was kind of the trigger for me, which got my digestive issues just a thousand times worse. I'm sure the Gatorade and the Nutrigrain bars didn't, didn't help at all. So like a recipe for disaster, the whole, the whole part, exactly. the whole piece of it. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of started with the birth control pill. Then I stayed on the birth control pill for what, 12 years. And my digestive issues were just a wreck. I mean, I ended up with a ton of estrogen dominance symptoms. I ended up with like migraines, headaches, psoriasis, eczema. I had super bad rosacea all over my cheeks. Um, I mean, it just kept spiraling. And, you know, you would try all these different things. You'd go in and get creams for the skin issues, all this stuff. And nothing ever worked. And nobody ever wanted to help me. Like nobody wanted to get to the root cause of my issues. So I started just diving in on my own. I started just following, you know, like people from back in the day, like, you know, if I think back, it was probably what, eight or nine years ago, there weren't a ton of nutritionists, but there were enough that were online and helping people. So, you know, I went down the road of just kind of, I mean, it was like a full-time job for me trying to figure out all my own health issues and how, where to get to the root of it. And a lot of it went back to our digestive system. So I started learning all about that. And then I ended up, you know, going on a whole diet, you know, I went on like the low FODMAP diet, all these crazy diets and sure they helped for a little while, but then they just gave me severe orthorexia and fear of food. So I ended up losing, I want to say like 60 pounds or something in six months. I ended up like, I, I would honestly say I probably ended up with like a major eating disorder because of this, because of the diets, because they that's what they tell you to do. You go paleo, you go FODMAP, you do all these things. And I just ended up with a huge fear of food. And basically I ended up here. And after this is when I kind of started working on metabolism. I started kind of coming to the conclusion that like, this doesn't make sense that I can only eat 10 foods to feel good. It doesn't make sense. So that's when I started just diving more into even like metabolic health, all of these things. And I've started realizing that this is the key to true healing is healing your metabolism, your digestive system. And guess what? Your hormones kind of fall into place after that. So yeah, I mean, I had such bad estrogen dominance, especially going off of the pill and hormonal issues. I ended up with severe histamine issues as well. Um, to the point where I was probably for three years, every single day, waking up, never knowing if it was going to be a good day or a bad day after I went off the birth control pill, because I would wake up and be completely foggy headed. I couldn't eat anything without having a reaction to it. I was dizzy all day long, every day, ha always had a headache underlying in some way, started having migraines out of nowhere. The migraines started after the birth control pill. It was crazy. So yeah, needless to say, I've been on this journey for quite some time. <laughs> um, and I would say, I never put all the pieces together until about four years ago. And that was when I decided to become a nutritionist and help people so that they didn't have this severely long journey like I went through and I'm able to help them and help them get better quicker. So I can totally relate to that story. It's very similar to my own starting with, yeah, yeah 
Um, I personally started my health journey with over-exercising, under-eating. At that point, unintentionally, I just wanted to lose weight and tone up. Um, going to the gym more often, getting the compliments that fueled the disordered type eating. Um, and then losing my period, being put on the pill. And thank God I was only on it for two years because that two years wrecked my health. So I can only imagine 12 years. Some people, it's like 20, 30 years, which is crazy that they never get to experience their own natural cycles and things like that. And then at that point, after I came off the pill and heard about the dangers, I um, and the, the effects that it had on my gut, developing SIBO, food intolerances, like even to the healthiest of foods, I would just get all of these histamine reactions and salicylate reactions, acne, rosacea, rashes, all sorts of things. But then I became disordered for another reason. It wasn't for the body image at that point. I didn't care what my weight was. I just wanted to be healthy and it was more for my skin. So I just wanted clear skin. So I started cutting food group after food group out. And again, it might have helped temporarily. Um, but then I started depleting my thyroid and my adrenals and my gut was less diverse. So when I tried to add them back in, I would just react to them for other reasons. And thank God I never went to college or university as we have here in the UK, because I honestly don't think I would have survived. Uh, I was just yeah. at home for those years and just with my parents every hour of the day and literally taking care of me because I was that, that sick. So yeah, I feel like college, university time for a lot of people is where the health hits the, hits the ground. Um, maybe they get Epstein-Barr virus or glandular fever and then get wiped out. Um, sometimes it's a mold exposure in the college dorm room and they might feel a little bit down temporarily, but then the health starts to decline over the years and they never put the two together. Or same with mental health and going on the pill. Maybe they start the pill for the periods or for contraception and then a few months to a year later, they start developing chronic anxiety or depression. And because it didn't happen at the exact day of starting it, they just never put the puzzle pieces together. And it's very rare that a doctor would ever link the two. They think the pill is the cure-all to everything. But can you tell us a bit more? I've had several episodes on this, but I wanted to hear your opinion as to why the birth control pill isn't this like panacea to everyone's problems. Yeah. So I do talk about this a lot because it is funny how you say that, because for some reason it never clicked with me that maybe the birth control pill was what was causing all of my problems and causing everything to get worse and worse and worse. And it's because you're told it's so safe, right? Everybody says, oh, it's, it is, it's, you know, it's so safe and it's going to just prevent you from getting pregnant, you know, like, oh, and it can also clear your skin and it gets like this magic pill, you know, and it's like magic pills don't come, come without consequences guys. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so with me personally, I mean, it comes back to your metabolism. It comes back to minerals always. The, for 12 years when I was on that pill, I was just depleting my body of minerals, the minerals I need to function, the minerals I need for life. Minerals are the spark plugs of life. And if you're just constantly depleting it with the birth control pill, then you add on stressors and environmental toxins and God knows during those 12 years, I certainly was not paying attention to toxins on my, in my skincare and all of that. I mean, it's the perfect storm and the birth control pill depletes you of these, these necessary nutrients. You need to have a robust metabolism to have a robust digestive system. Your digestive system is such an energy extensive process. It needs nutrients to do its job. So even in my new course, my rewild your gut course, 
I talk about that. Like you're never going to heal your digestive system until you heal, heal your metabolism and get your minerals in check. It's all I talk about because your digestive system needs these minerals to, to function. And, you know, that's when people go on birth control and all of a sudden they have like this heartburn that won't go away. And it's like, Oh, that's because you've depleted your body of zinc from this birth control pill or, you know, sodium, you know, you need salt, you need, you need that to create stomach acid. We just don't think of these things. I mean, I guess it's just something that we're just not taught about this stuff in school and it's so important. And I just wish more people understood the effects of birth control because I mean, I'll even post on Instagram and it's crazy. Some of the responses I get about people like talking about how they're so bro like pro birth control and they're like, Oh, it saved me. It's this, it's that. And I'm like, you know, girlfriend, come to me in five years. You mm -hmm. know, <laughs> then yeah, we'll see what you're saying then when you get this whole pulse birth control syndrome and all the symptoms that you have previously are back with a vengeance. Exactly. And nobody understands that. Nobody's getting to the root of their issues. You know, we're just going on this pill. And even for me, mine was just because somebody told me that somebody was going to like knock me up in college. <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, is this going to happen? Is this a real thing? Like it actually scared me. Yeah. But we <laughs> have no control of our body and we're fertile every day of the, yeah. the month. Like yeah. we're led to believe in sex education classes if we get them at all. Yeah. And we're, that's the thing we're told that like, you can get pregnant all month long. That's such, that's such a, that's so fake. That's so false. And I mean, back then I had no idea, you know, I also didn't know anything about how, like, you know, when you have a bleed that that's not a real period bleed, that's not an actual period, you know, that's just a, that's a withdrawal period. Mm -hmm. So it's so crazy to me that we aren't told any of this stuff and the birth control pill completely masks everything. So there's so many women that go off birth control and all of a sudden they end up with PCOS or endometriosis or all of these issues. And it's like, yeah, it's been masking that for so long and other people will go on it and it brings everything out. So <laughs> that's another thing that can happen. There's so many different things that can happen with the birth control pill. And I am definitely not for it. I will say that. Same here. And yeah. yeah. And a lot of people are okay with it. A lot of people are like, oh, but you know, it can really help. And it's like, no, we need to get to the root of the issue. Mm -hmm. That's what the problem, you know, if you're going on birth control because you have really heavy periods, we need to figure out why, why is that, you know? Or at least if someone gets told about these potential side effects and then still chooses to go on it and maybe take some extra care with certain nutrients, then if they choose yeah. to do that, then that's fine. But it's because we don't get told of these side effects. That's the issue. And I feel like the pill is a very, can be a very effective fit form of birth control but i always say it's because either one you don't feel like having sex because your libido is just like shot at and rock bottom or it's that your the key nutrients that you need to ovulate and have good progesterone and healthy cycles are completely robbed so yes it does stop you getting pregnant but not in a good way <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'll be completely honest. Besides the like digestive stuff that I was experiencing and like, you know, and having like the occasional headaches and stuff, I felt totally fine on the birth control mm -hmm. pill. I didn't have like hormonal like issues or anything of that sort, you know? And so it does, it kind of makes you think like, oh, this is, must be working. Like, this is great because a lot of people will go on it and just feel completely fine and not even, not even realize it. And then the, but the majority of people don't realize that, Hey, like those digestive issues I was having, those were pretty debilitating, but 
I didn't realize it was related to the birth control pill. So back then I didn't, I wasn't associating the two. So to me, I felt like, oh, the birth control pill is working great for me because I'm getting a period every month. I, you know, I have all like, I don't have any hormonal issues. My mood's pretty stable, all of this stuff, but I wasn't linking it to other stuff like my digestive system, the headaches, stuff like that, or mm-hmm. the estrogen dominant symptoms I was having too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does mask a ton of things and it acts as like a low dose antibiotic in the gut. So that's where things like the yeast infections every month can come in or the food intolerances. Because up until going on the, the pill for me, I, I said that I had like an iron stomach. I could eat anything. I was eating gluten. I was eating dairy. But when I was on the pill, I lost tolerance to a ton of things, not just those, um, those foods, but a ton of other like vegetables or even meat and histamine foods. So it was just crazy. Um, and yeah, the pill was a huge problem for me. But in terms of gut health, um, your new course, Rewilding Your Gut, um, what does that actually mean? So that may, might be a new concept to some people, but what do you actually mean by that? What, and what is the importance of gut health in regards to hormonal health? Yeah, for sure. So I've just noticed over, you know, you can't create a course until you actually have had enough clients to <laughs> actually know what people need, right? Yeah, and you can see online with some of these marketing adverts that come up, like, oh, just do this, like 30 day cleanse and you'll be healed of all of these problems. I'm like, clearly you've never had a client or worked worked with anyone before you just like read a book and tried to think of a concept and sell some totally yeah and so that's kind of where this course came about is just because there was such a need for it and I really put an emphasis on the importance of healing your metabolism while also healing your gut at the same time, because you need to heal both at the same time. Otherwise you're just going to be left in the dust. Like same thing with digestive issues. If you don't get that mineral component down, you're never going to heal your digestive issues and it's just going to continue to come back. So yeah. So my whole course is just about rewilding, you know, getting back to what nature intended. We have lost touch with our food so incredibly. It's, it's insane. If you were, if you were to look back at like, you know, back our ancestors, right? Like they were always touching their food. They were always making their food, even back to my grandmother. I mean, she was always in the kitchen, just like using her hands and touching her food and um, making meals all the time for the family. And smelling food and all of that stuff. We've lost touch with that. Everything now is just about convenience. And we don't, we don't pay attention to what we're eating. We're now eating in front of screens. We're now on our phones when we eat. And that can do a number on our digestive system, along with the types of foods we're consuming, the processed foods that we're consuming, the toxins that we're exposed to. All of that stuff has a huge detrimental effect on our digestive system and our body as a whole. And after working with clients and seeing people's results, I'm starting to realize, and I know that this has always been true because it was true with me, it all comes back to your digestive system. It does every single thing. Every disease comes back to your digestive system. And if you are a nutritionist out there and you are not focusing on gut health, that's where what the problem What are you doing? Lies. What if I'm a little bit stuck with something? I'm like, it's a new condition I've not really worked with before or an unexpected yeah. symptom. I'm like, let's just go back to the gut. It probably will yeah. help. Always. Yeah. And it's always about the foundational stuff, you know, and that's what we even learned in like nutrition school is like digestive health is a foundational step. It should be one of the first steps that we focus on. So with the gut program, my goal is, and this is, this comes back to me trying to fix all of my digestive symptoms. And it took me years and years of doing it. 
I eliminated so many foods. Like I said, I was eating like 10 foods. This is no way to live. I wouldn't go out with friends. I was too afraid to eat. My stomach always hurt. I would be bloated. I'd look like six months pregnant if I ate anything. I would feel nauseous. I would have heart. It was just like this disaster, you know? And it wasn't all at once. I mean, it all kind of just came about at different times, but we shouldn't have to eliminate so many foods to heal our digestive system. And that is the whole point of this course is because guess what? You can't eliminate all those foods and also heal your metabolism at the same time. So the course kind of teaches you how to focus on certain foods to heal your metabolism while also healing your digestive system. What we're finding is that a lot of foods that we talk about to heal your metabolism actually heal your digestive system as well, because they're very mineral rich. And that's exactly what our digestive system needs. So in the course, I basically have you like take a quiz and um, figure out where your dysfunction lies without needing to run tons of expensive tests and work with a practitioner. I want to take that out of the equation. And I want you to be able to figure this out on your own. So it's super educational. I talk about the gut and hormone connection, gut metabolism connection, um, gut brain connection. Also, you know, how stress and trauma impacts our digestive system and ways to kind of like overcome that. Um, I talk about all that stuff and yeah, you take a quiz and then you kind of figure out a protocol on your own, you know, with the nutrition module and healing, a uh, little like healing um, protocol document and the supplements and herbs that you need to start incorporating and a workbook. So you can figure out your functional supports, your, if you need any antimicrobials or maybe some, you know, a little bit of the gentle killing agents and then also like revive formulas. So yeah, I mean, I go all into it. I get, I basically give you all of my secrets and everything I do with my clients in this course to try and take out the equation of spending a shitload of money <laughs> to work with somebody and get testing done. Yeah. So it's extremely comprehensive and yeah, it's yeah. very much needed on the market now because there's some people just do the stool test. I've honestly stopped using them as much with clients now unless they want to because um, things like parasites don't show up um, and it's only a snapshot of the trillions of organisms that are out there. There's probably like 30 different bacteria that it shows. So it's not a fully comprehensive um, look at things or there's other practitioners who are all about the elimination diet and don't get me wrong, I'm all for every now and again elimination diet. Let's see how your body does without gluten um, and that can be life-changing for some people. Um, but yeah, I've been in that restrictive place as well. So that the last thing I want is someone to just keep cutting out foods because I know how, how much that wrecks your body in other ways and how much that affects your, um, your quality of life and your community. I would literally turn down invitations or I would take my Tupperware of chicken and rice and broccoli to a restaurant and like cook, cook in the kitchen when I was on holiday and it's just crazy. So, um, <laughs> I'm glad that you've, you've, um, taking that into consideration, that's not the way to go. Um, but something that I think people would be surprised to hear because it's drilled into us that vegetables and fiber and plant foods are extremely important for the gut and we need to eat 10 servings every single day or I think they say like 50 different types of plants a week or something crazy. But in a lot of my clients, I actually tell the opposite, like eat less vegetables. I don't, I don't have people come in working with me who are eating like standard western diets anymore i'm attracting the people who are quote doing all the right things eating perfectly and have been for years um, and i often have to tell them to eat less vegetables and fiber and roughage because they're still dealing with ibs they're going to the toilet like 10 times a day and they're like what this is the exact opposite of what i've been told or they have chronic constipation and they think adding more fiber 
to the mix is going to be a good thing when often like really reducing the fiber helps get the bowels moving for the first time in 10 years. So yeah, why are plant foods sometimes not the best thing for chronic gut and hormone issues? Yeah, for sure. So I do talk about this a lot. It's super controversial. I'm pretty sure every time I post about it, people are like, what? (laughs) Because it is something that we're told. Everybody says, eat more plants for your digestive system, just your overall health. And we're not taking into consideration the way that plants are grown nowadays. We need to take that into consideration. And, you know, we have acid rain, we have heavy metals in our soils, we have, you know, our, these plants are so good, especially like leafy greens, you know, those fibrous types of um, vegetables are the ones that I tend to say to, you know, (laughs) make sure you cook them and also just like make them like very small side, Mm -hmm. we don't need to be like consuming a massive plate of greens. Um, Because especially those they love to suck up heavy metals from the soils and our soils are just not what they used to be. So that, you know, piece of kale, which, you know, wasn't even something we would have eaten, you know, (laughs) even 50 years ago, um, that piece of kale doesn't have the nutrients in it that you think. And same thing with all of the vegetables, like uh, what else? We have broccoli, we have spinach, we have cauliflower. Um, A lot of these are man-made too. You wouldn't find these in nature. These are just, you know, bred off of other plants. So they're not something you would find in nature. And then when we're growing them, they're sucking up heavy metals. They also have tons of anti-nutrients because they do not want you to eat them. You know, you got to think about that when you're consuming underground vegetables, such as, you know, roots and and things like that, they have the soil to be able to cover them. They also have a nice hard shell on the outside, the skin that you can peel. So they already have protection against invaders. They don't have the same anti-nutrients as say leafy greens that are growing up top where, you know, animals and birds and all of those things are coming to try and eat them. So they have a bunch of anti-nutrients. Those anti-nutrients displace minerals in our body. So don't heavy metals. So it's kind of this perfect storm that's just going to cause severe rancidity in your system, along with displacing your minerals that you need for your digestive system and for your overall health and just for your cells and your cellular health. (laughs) So it doesn't make sense to consume all of these plant foods. And the fibers are actually super irritating to our gut, especially um, like those leafy greens and like those cruciferous vegetables. They're so irritating irritating and the fibers just kind of sit in there and ferment and that's why people end up gassy and bloated and people will come to me and they're like I'm eating really clean I'm eating really well but my digestion is just still so off I'm super bloated after I eat and I ask them what they're eating they're eating raw salads and kale and broccoli and all of these things at all of their meals and I'm like get rid of those they get rid of them they feel 100% better (laughs) it's like that's all it was (laughs) Mm -hmm. and there are some people out there and I'm sure that you're not in the just with your history as well, where we're demonizing these things, like never eat them again, never eat any spinach, um, but just be mindful if, especially if you're in this like sluggish, um, depleted state, you have irritable bowel and all of that, then these might not be working for you now. Whereas in the future, if you're healthy, you can maybe tolerate them a little bit more. Um, And if your nutrient levels are are good, then that's uh, better too. And obviously organic is going to increase the nutrient density slightly and reduce the likelihood of pesticides and contaminants, but it's not completely safe because of um, cross-contamination and things like that. And just the nutrient quality over time, especially if you're eating things that have been grown halfway across the world, as opposed to local things grown um, down the street. 
But there are some practitioners and people out there who believe that these anti-nutrients in the foods, like the plant foods, such as lectins and oxalates and things, have some benefit to us in small amounts. This kind of hormesis effect where a little bit of a poison over time is good for us. What would your like response be to that? Yeah. So um, I just, when I'm working with clients, the biggest thing here is nutrient density. There is a scale, you know, there are superior to inferior foods. And it just so happens that animal foods are going to be far superior when it comes to minerals and nutrients. Plant foods are way down here. So when I see somebody's plate, I want to make sure they're getting in the most nutrient-dense foods possible, making those other foods kind of an afterthought. So yeah, and it's kind of funny you said that because there are practitioners that do say, you know, a little bit is okay, which I'm, I'd be lying to you right now if I didn't say I ever ate broccoli or, you know, things like that, because of course I do, you know, I just make sure they're very well cooked and I don't have them often. They're not some, like my, they're not like this massive plate, but yeah, I'll have like a stir fry and there's some like broccoli in there. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to like completely be like, oh no, no, you know, these anti-nutrients are going to kill me. No, because guess what? The rest of that stir fry is really nutrient dense. <laughs> so it's a matter of just pairing it with really nutrient dense foods, but we kind of stepped away from that and we started just having such an abundance of plant foods that that's where the problem lies it's the overconsumption, and it's the overconsumption of even nuts and nut milks especially when you switch to like a paleo lifestyle which is ancestral what our ancestors didn't eat nuts and seeds imagine the energy it would take to freaking go and get a bunch of nuts and seeds and crack those open like nobody's eating nuts and seeds in that abundant amount um so we've just kind of gotten lost in that and in, in the fact that plants are good ah, i can see yeah they do have some good qualities to them yes but they do also have some bad qualities to them and the that you're kind of talking along the lines of like homeopathy like homeopathy does that where it's like where something dangerous can actually kind of help you in some ways yes in moderation that's the thing in moderation so yeah it's all about it's it's honestly just about balance and you know i talk a lot on my instagram and i take a pretty strong stance on the plants and on the nuts and seeds because i truly see a lot of people heal once they eliminate the nuts and seeds and they start adding in dairy again and they get rid of all the plants and all the irritating the gut irritating foods there's so much healing that happens it doesn't mean you can't have these things like ever again like yeah have them every now and then just don't make them the main event of your meal <laughs> we need more new nutrient dense foods i'm guessing you're not a huge fan of these plant-based vegan vegetarian diets <laughs> that's basically yeah. what the diets are compromised of these like huge raw salads and also like nuts and like the nut milks and then the little snacks that they have made with almond flour and the breads that they have with coconut flour almond flour they're just getting too much of it in in total and they're missing out these like key nutrient dense um, cuts of meat yeah. And I just, there's never been a time in history and I don't, this is something that's so crazy to me. Like veganism is like a 20th century thing. Like there's never been a time in history that there was a vegan group ever. Like there's always been, we have always consumed meat and dairy and animal foods always every single 
person in society back in the day consumed these items. And it's just, it's just crazy to me that, you know, just because we're able to make processed soy foods in the form of like hot dogs and, and hamburgers <laughs> doesn't mean we should be consuming them. It's processed. All of these vegan foods are processed. And then you have all the anti-nutrients and all these plants. So even people that are doing it correctly and just eating you know, just eating plants, not eating any of the processed soy products and all of that stuff, you are getting, you are so, you're not getting any energy. Like your energy is down here. Like it is so low <laughs> and we need to be consuming higher energy foods, especially in the world that we live in today. The stresses, the stressors that we have in our life, we need to be consuming high energy foods. And I mean, I've had some, you know, ex-vegans come to me or even vegans coming to me that are willing to change their ways. Every single one of them has lost their period, number one. That's obviously first sign right there. Hey, like your body doesn't have the energy to have a period. That's a problem, okay? That's something that needs to be addressed. They, so they don't have periods. We run HTMAs. Every single one of them, which you'll relate to this, have a four low pattern, but like the lowest four low pattern I've ever seen, like non-existent. They're just running on empty. Yeah, yeah. And their thyroids, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, just from running that test, I mean, I can tell when somebody has been vegan or is vegan just based off of their HTMA test. And or extreme high copper levels. Do you see that as well? Yeah. So that's the thing too. A lot of them are very copper, not, I mean, toxic in quotations mm -hmm. because a lot of their foods contain really high copper and not enough zinc. So they're that rare case where we have to really work in a different way to balance out their copper and zinc and just mm -hmm. get their hormones in balance. But I mean, when you're not getting your period, it, copper is usually the key. And I figured this out that it's either, um, you know, it's not going to the right place or, you know, we're deficient in it. There's always something up with copper and zinc. That ratio is always key for me to be able to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just very interesting when I do have vegans come to me, I can tell immediately. And I can also tell personality wise. So when I, you know how the HTMA sometimes can tell you about somebody's personality, mm -hmm. I can tell right away. I'm like, yeah, this person definitely has vegan tendencies mm -hmm. or they have the vegan, there's something going on here, you know, <laughs> like I can always tell. So it's crazy. The people that have the most like robust energetic personalities are those that consume loads of animal products, loads of animal foods. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. It's because we have the energy. We have the energy to be this robust and have personality, you know? <laughs> I know. And that's the thing I've seen some people, it made me laugh a little bit when I hear these like vegan trolls commenting on people's posts. And then someone replies like, you need some B12, go eat a steak. I'm like, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh, but a little bit funny but totally like the mental health side of things they get stuck in this cycle they they actually believe or they're forcing themselves to believe that it's the right thing for the planet and i think the mainstream media now is hyping on it that it's the the next big thing because they're trying to promote all of these um grains and also um soy products because it's cheaper for them but it's making us sicker um and yeah the mental health side of things as well is so important you need these nutrients like cholesterol and high quality B vitamins to function your brain. So I see a lot of like anxiety, depression and people are just, yeah. they sometimes get stuck in their ways and they're not willing to change, which is a little bit sad because all of these symptoms are preventable. You can do something about it. Yeah. And I mean, uh, most of the time too, vegans with like, 
um, not getting their periods, you know, I mean, it causes severe iron overload as well, which is crazy because uh, I mean, a lot of people don't even realize where we're getting iron from all different places, you know, and especially if our soils are loaded with a ton of iron as well. I mean, dang, you're just coming up with, you just have a complete iron overload disaster, which is then causing even more of a mineral imbalance in your system, circulating, causing issues with bacteria in your gut and then estrogen dominance problems. It's crazy. Like what, but just eliminating, that's why we don't demonize against really nutrient dense foods. And it's because we need these nutrients. So they're all in balance. The minerals all need to be in balance. You know, they're all a game of cofactors. And when we're demonizing food groups and we're demonizing carbs or we're demonizing fats or we're demonizing certain nutrients, like from animal products, we're going to be left in complete misery. Our, our, (laughs) our minerals are going to be a disaster. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold-free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores. Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the reishi can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics, the regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. I'm glad that you don't use the term. I try not to. I, I do slip sometimes and say copper toxicity. So this like yeah. that copper's a bad thing and we need to get rid of it completely when it's not. It's not it just it's very Goldilocks. It needs to be just right, not too high that we have this PMS yeah. and uh, estrogen dominant type situation not too low that our immune system can't function so yeah could you talk a little bit more about the zinc and copper balance and particularly how it relates to hormonal issues yeah yeah so um especially in the women that i see that are not getting their period that's Mm -hmm. a big one 
pretty much all of them are very, um, the, well, that's the thing with copper is it's like, you know, we talk about copper toxicity, but it's just that it's not in the right place. So it's like being, you know, it's being deposited in your tissues rather than where it's supposed to be, where it's supposed to be used in your body, which is with like a thousand processes. <laughs> so <laughs> copper is super important. And this is also why I tend to see on HTMAs, especially people that have been you know, these are the times that we're just taking a lot of zinc because supposedly that's what's going to boost our immune system when in reality it's copper that does all the work for our immune system <laughs> and our gut, which I could get into. Um, but, um, but yeah, so the zinc and copper ratio is one of the ratios that I have never, not once on an HGMA seen it like balanced ever. And we have to kind of think about copper and zinc. So copper is like the female mineral and zinc is the male mineral. So I tend to see a lot of emotional disturbances when this ratio is off. Being really, some people are really, really emotional when their copper is super low or if their copper quote unquote toxic. Um, lots of emotional stuff going on. More zinc as opposed to copper tends to make people a little bit more like stiff and rigid and just like, you know, kind of a little bit more emotionless. I tend to see <laughs> kind of like the male and the female when you put them together. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, the copper and zinc ratio can be a tough one to, to actually correct. I have found in my practice, especially since copper is not found in a lot of foods. So, I mean, copper basically beef liver, something that we do not consume anymore. Oysters, most of us are not consuming oysters. Bee pollen, who consumes bee pollen until you've heard about it with the pro-metabolic community? Nobody. So <laughs> bee pollen, shiitake mushrooms, most people aren't consuming those. Dark it will chocolate. be after this episode. Everyone will be adding them to the shopping list. I know. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've never found somebody that doesn't need more copper in their life. So it's pretty rare that I tell somebody to like go down on the copper, you know? So yeah, but there's only maybe like five foods that are rich enough in copper to notice a difference in your mineral levels. Um, but we cannot be, you know, supplementing zinc alone. We cannot be doing that. There are some instances, you know, some people say do not supplement zinc ever. And there are some instances in my practice, which is pretty rare that I do have people supplement zinc and it is too high of help with that copper, the copper imbalance, um, or just in general, if they, you know, with the COVID thing going on, if they lost their taste or smell, be like, just supplement it for a month, you know, and then quit after that. But we need to make sure we're getting copper as well. And that's the missing piece always. I'm not sure if you've seen the same, but I'll, with that whole zinc and copper imbalance, I've had a lot of success supporting the adrenal side of things because that helps yeah. to regulate copper in the body. And when you were saying with vegans often have an issue with copper, it's probably that they're just depleted ad adrenally because they haven't been nourishing their body well enough. So you can obviously do the, the things everyone knows to do with the adrenal support, the sleep, the stress management, the time in nature, all of those things, just building the body back up from that depleted state often helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously as maintenance and to monitor our health, someone could do a HTMA every six to 12 months or so, but what are some other signs, maybe just on a more daily basis or monthly basis that someone, a woman in particular could track to know that she's in the right place metabolically or what she's eating and how she's working out is working for her. So um, for me, the menstrual cycle is number one, the period is the monthly report card, but are there any other signs and symptoms that can indicate like whether it's good or bad what we're doing? 
Yeah, so you can do the temp check. So checking your temperature every day upon waking with a basal body thermometer. Um, that way you kind of can check in on your thyroid because of course, what are we talking? When we talk about our metabolism, we're talking about our thyroid. Thyroid is our main metabolic gland. So we always want to kind of check in on our thyroid and just make sure that our temps and pulses are in a good place. You can't do, a lot of the time people can't do pulses. So I do say at least when you wake up in the morning, just check your temperature, which you should be doing anyways, because if you want to have a, the thing is, yeah, we can be getting our period, but let's make sure we're actually ovulating because that's the main event of our, of our, of our cycle. So checking temps and pulses also just gauging how you feel like what the symptoms that people come to me with are typically, you know, like sleep issues, um, period issues, stuff like that. I say give it three months though. So when I work with people, people are expecting, this is always tough for me because people expect like a miracle thing to happen for them. And they're just going to wake up and never have a symptom ever again. After like a month of working together, we need to wait at least three months. You know, that's when our cells regenerate. We need to wait at least three months to actually notice bigger changes. And I'll tell you right now, even after three months, nobody's going to feel hundred percent better. We've all been sick for so long that you have to give it a good solid like year. And I think people get upset about that, but it's like, you know, we're not working with pharmaceuticals here. We're trying to get your body in balance naturally. And if your metabolism has been trashed for years, you can't expect it to just all of a sudden be robust. And, you know, even with my own healing journey, it never ends. It never ends. There's always something more that can be worked on always. And you're never going to strive. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to wake up and never have a symptom ever again. And I think we get so caught up in that is like, oh my God, I have a headache. Or like, I'll get a message from a client and they're like, oh, I have a headache. What, do, you think it's a, do you think it's the supplement that I took today? And it's like, oh my God, no, it's not the supplement that you took today. It's just your body, just being your body. You know, symptoms are just telling you you're alive. You're alive. Something just happened. Maybe you're a little bit stressed out, whatever it may be. <laughs> it's nothing to be concerned about. But we just expect that we're going to have this like insane healing response the second we start healing. And that's just not the case. And yeah, so I just went on a tangent there that probably yeah. didn't answer. No, I had the exact <laughs> same conversation with a client earlier um, who was saying like, oh, I was really tired this past week. Should we check my adrenals? Should we do a Dutch test? I was like, no, you've just been away with work for about a month, like you've not been at home, not been in a routine, your diet's probably not been as regular and stable as it usually is. At least it makes sense as to why you're tired. Like if you've not slept or you had a bad night the night before, that makes sense as to why you're tired. Or if you've got a headache, it might be that you're just not drank enough water that day or you've been stressed. Like that's normal, but it's when it becomes unexplainable or chronic um yeah. then that's that's an issue because you can't explain it at that point so yeah we all get stomach aches every now and again and coughs and colds it's normal to have an illness once or twice a year that's actually a sign of a healthy robust immune system it's the people who never get sick that it can actually be a sign of a problem so yeah, yeah. i'm glad that you see that as well and just reframing our symptoms when we get them as our bodies just, trying to trying to work for us it's not doing it on a purpose it's not yeah. failing just like us. as women we put so much like pressure on ourselves so we constantly feel like you know if if we're like if it's it's not working like what i'm doing isn't working and now i need to do further testing i need to like we get so caught in our heads about things and we get and most of us have severe health anxiety just from years of being sick that it starts to translate into these feelings of like, oh my God, nothing's working. This isn't working because I 
because maybe I had diarrhea today and all of a sudden it's just not working, you know, but we do, we get so caught up in the symptoms when it's like, I almost have to take clients back and be like, okay, but these five symptoms are gone. So, you know, we have to kind of reframe our thoughts and stop focusing on the negative and focus more on the positive things that have been going on, you know, and celebrate the small wins that you've had. Like, yeah, maybe you still have some skin issues. Sometimes that can be one of the last things to clear up. It was for me, it was one of the very first symptoms that I had. It was my most annoying main, main problem um, for years and years. But in the meantime, I was still very focused on my skin. I didn't realize that, oh, I'm reacting to less foods or I don't get headaches anymore. Or my, I'm ovulating again. My cycles are great because I was very focused on that, but my body is healing. It's just quite a slow process when you're healing the root of the problem, not just going on Accutane or the birth control to immediately clear things up. But yeah, sometimes the, the skin and some of these things can take a while. I always say at least a month of healing for every year that you've been sick. So if that puts it into perspective for some people, because um, these like one to three month quick fix things just aren't, aren't accurate and they're not gonna they're not going to work. So you're in it for the long haul and we're constantly working against the environment with pollution and environmental toxins and poor soil quality and emfs and all sorts of things now that we have to stay on top of it like you said but a common maybe vital sign or sign that something's not quite working in your routine a lot of my clients struggle with low appetite particularly in the morning so they either just go without breakfast or they're like force feeding themselves breakfast and they just feel sluggish for the rest of the day so what could be going on with that symptom Mm. Yeah. So I actually get that a lot too. And a lot of them are also struggling with like constipation, mm. um, you know, cold hands and feet. They're struggling. It's a, it's a metabolic issue. 100%. If we're not, if we don't have an appetite when we wake up in the morning, that's a sheer, that's a, a alarm stage right there that, okay, something's up with my metabolism and I need to really focus on healing my metabolism. And it can also be digestive too. So a lot of people don't realize that when we don't have that appetite in the morning, it could simply be, you know, like low stomach acid that's causing us to not have an appetite. Um, also, some people have issues digesting where the food from last night that they ate, like, have you ever had like people say, oh, it feels like what I ate last night still in my stomach, mm-hmm. you know, like I just feel so heavy when I wake up. And that's a digestive issue as well. So it's, and that's another reason why for my course, I focus on metabolism and digestive issues. And because you can't, you need to address both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the low appetite, I see that a lot. And they're like force feeding themselves to eat. And then they feel like crap the rest of the day. And guess what? It's probably because your digestive system is off and it's taking you a long time to digest. And like I said, digestion is a very energy extensive process. So if you don't have the minerals, if you don't, if you have the low stomach acid, you don't have the enzymes or the bile to break down your food, then yeah, you're going to feel sluggish because your digestion is working so hard and your metabolism runs the show for your digestion so you have to heal both at the same time <laughs> and you're not going to be ready and excited for a big like cut of steak if the last meal is still stuck in your stomach so especially yeah. like meat aversion with some of these plant-based diets the whole thing if you don't use it you lose it with stomach acid the body will take that resource those nutrients and that energy to create this hydrochloric acid and put it elsewhere if you're not eating meat on a regular basis so that's why it can be a little bit challenging to introduce it back in it needs to be done very slowly because you're asking your body to do something that it's not done for a while same with reintroducing dairy products if someone's not had them for years and years and maybe it helped them clear their eczema or their acne short term 
But ideally, we want to reintroduce these really nutrient-dense foods back in at some point if we can. Um, but that needs to be done slowly as well. You can't go drinking a, a gallon of milk a day. If you've not had it for years, you have to let your body adjust and um, slowly get used to that again. So any tips with reintroducing dairy? Yeah, so I actually have an entire lesson in my Rewild Your Gut course on how to reintroduce dairy because I know a lot of people that are probably getting this course have gone down that road. I can guarantee about 80% of the people that are getting this course have eliminated dairy at some point and are having issues adding it back in. So yeah, I have an entire lesson on that, but basically it's about quality. You need to consume quality dairy. A lot of us are very confused about what quality is. There's a difference between A1 and A2. There's a difference between organic or even ones that have synthetic um, vitamins in there that's gonna affect your digestive system. And then also going very slow. So in that lesson, I actually, show you how to do it very slowly, how to incorporate it and make sure everything's okay. And I do even have, um, so I'm not here for, you know, eliminating a bunch of foods to heal your digestive system. And that's what people will learn in this digestive course. Um, but I do also have a lesson on therapeutic diets and when they are necessary. So I actually walk you through like the steps of like how to eliminate things for a short period of time, but to always make sure you add it back in. That is key because we do not need to be going down this orthorexic stage where we're super afraid of food. And that's where I find the problem lies is we end up so afraid of food that we will never add it back in. And then we're just miserable. And then we realize like, what are we doing? This doesn't make sense. We're not getting the nutrients that our body needs. So yeah, that's a big, that's a big theme of my program is how to add things back into your diet that you've eliminated for so long. And if someone's had like actual sensitivities, like I was going on a low histamine diet for me was amazing. Pretty much in a week, my skin was clear. My headaches had cleared. I was less inflamed, less puffy, less in pain. But um, yeah, just doing that wasn't enough. I was still living in a moldy environment. I was still had all of these parasite infections and SIBO and all sorts of stuff. So the diet alone wasn't enough. But um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's like the course, though. It's basically about getting your digestive system on track. So that way in four weeks or six weeks after incorporating all of the things that you've learned in this program, you should be able to start adding things back in because your gut's going to be less irritated. You may have eradicated some bacteria that might be causing some issues. Um, you know, you may have healed some of um, like your stomach lining or your intestinal lining. So now you're able to actually incorporate these foods back in to your diet. So that's the whole goal here is to get you to eat all of the things about having issues, even things that are irritating, like beans and nuts and seeds and things like that, getting you to be able to have those in moderation without having problems with your digestion. And I was going to say, most people have food sensitivities, not food allergies. Most allergies are picked up quite quickly in childhood or the very noticeable reactions that people are getting. Whereas some people might have actual sensitivities to dairy or to nuts or histamines like I did. But um, yeah, the, just the food restrictions aren't enough, but food intolerances are temporary, just as you have a leaky gut and your immune system's messed up. So if you cut them out for a period of time, your immune system should have calmed down if you've also worked on the root of the problem. So there's no reason that you couldn't reintroduce them back in unless you are talking about gluten and celiac disease or a gluten allergy. That's not going to happen. I would not recommend doing that. But as humans, we should be able to tolerate so many different foods. If you think back to 
what we would have been eating hundreds or thousands of years ago. We would have been like scavenging food, eating rotting carcasses and things like that and just getting whatever we could whenever we could some like there might have been a um a beehive and we just eat all the honey at one time and then might not have eaten anything for a while and then killed an animal and eaten meat um unlimited meat for a period of time so yeah we we need to get back to that and just eating a diverse um, range of foods yeah and even like you said too and about how back in the day, I mean, nobody that we know of was dying from like parasitic infections and stuff, right? But we would just eat raw meat and, you know, raw eggs and all of these things. What is that saying to you? That's saying our digestive systems are so messed up now from the processed foods in our atmosphere that we do not have enough stomach acid, our first line of defense to be able to get rid of these invaders. And rather than these foods being nourishing, sometimes they can actually be harmful because of parasites and things like that because we don't have enough stomach acid to break down those pathogens that may be present in some foods. And it's not just meat, it's also raw vegetables. A lot of people think that eating raw vegetables is great. Guess where you're probably getting most of your parasites mm -hmm. from? Those yeah. raw vegetables. It's exactly. not the meat, it's the raw vegetables. <laughs> One of my favorite books that I recommend, especially for women trying to conceive or who are pregnant is Real Food for Pregnancy by Lily Nichols. don't know if you're familiar with that, but she in the um, goes a little bit against the mainstream advice of just eat like whole grains and all of these like um, diet foods and everything like that. But she says, runny egg yolks and organ meats and bone broth and gelatin collagen are the most important for, for any anyone, but particularly pregnant women, because those are the nutrients that we rely on. But she said, yes, there's a risk of... Um, in the mainstream they say don't eat beef liver because of the vitamin a concerns or um, don't eat um, seafood or undercooked egg yolks because of the risk of salmonella but she said honestly you're more at risk of getting salmonella from a bag of lettuce from the supermarket than than eggs especially yeah. for good quality from a local farm yeah a hundred percent and a lot of us don't realize that and that's another reason why a lot of people that are vegan and say they're doing everything right they feel like shit. And it's because of the food that they're eating is not only irritating their gut, but it's probably full of pathogens. So yeah. Very true. And our immune system these days are just so suppressed because of not only poor food quality, but the antibiotics that are just thrown at us, especially in childhood, emotional trauma and stress, again, environmental, even things like EMFs and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all of that also shuts down our immune system. So there's so much to think of, but the, the food piece is key. If you're not giving your body what it needs to function like your body doesn't repair out of thin air it needs things to build skin cells and progesterone and thyroid hormone you need it to be coming from your diet mainly and then if needed to fill in the gaps supplements can be used so i'm glad we're on the same page with that but before we finish up i think we've covered the most of what i wanted to cover i could literally talk to you for hours but <laughs> i want to be mindful of your time so to finish up now i want to ask a few questions for you personally laura so the first one is What's one thing that you do every single day to stay in hormonal harmony? So morning routines, that's a big one for me. And this was life-changing and this can be life-changing for a lot of people going to bed at the exact same time every night, waking up at the exact same time every single day and carving out even just a half an hour for yourself in the morning before you start doing anything else. That is one of the most life-changing things you can do for yourself. And then if you want to take it up a notch, make sure you get outside in the morning. 
that's a huge one for me. Every single morning I go for a walk or I go for a hike. I mean, I live in a beautiful mountain town, so I'm able to do that, but just, it, it, it has so much impact on my mental health and also my hormones. So yeah. <laughs> and our bodies love routine, particularly women. We're on this like cycle. We need to stay in touch with the circadian rhythm. So I'm totally with you on that one. Next one is what's your go-to breakfast? So knowing what you know about metabolism and cellular health and breakfast being extremely important way to start the day, what do you typically reach for? Yeah, so I do eat like the same breakfast all of the time because I just love it. But I have um, two pieces of bacon, two or three, and two eggs. And um, usually like a little side of like sweet potatoes and beets or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. So yeah. Nice. You're really packing in the protein for that first meal. (laughs) That's going to yeah. set your blood sugar up amazingly throughout the rest of the day. So I'm yeah, guessing cravings and highest protein. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Is there a book that you can recommend or on any of the subjects that we've covered today that I can link for the listeners to dive into further? Yeah. So if you want to know more about, um, kind of like what we were talking about with like animal foods and how cultures over time, um, how like our teeth have changed and mm. things like that. Another um, one. By Weston A. Price. What is it called? Physical um, degeneration. Generation. Yeah. It's got like a, yeah. a long, confusing title. They could have like shortened it a little yeah. bit, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, most famous book. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Love that one. Yeah. That's a really good one. I love it. And whenever people come at me on Instagram about how like veganism is so good, I'm like, go read this book. And yeah. He said there's like no, there's no um, people out there who have been like successful vegans long-term and like the yeah. fat soluble nutrients in particular help our facial shape and our jaws yeah. so no wonder like i've got my braces on at the moment i've definitely got crowded teeth i've had five teeth removed so we should have room for teeth in our mouth and if that isn't the case it's not we can't just keep whipping out organs and teeth and everything like that we need to fix the problem so i'm very um, mindful of my my fat soluble nutrient intake and bone health and all of that so hopefully a future child of mine doesn't run into the same problems because um, although it can take a while i'm pretty sure that these important things can make a big difference even in the next generation so that's what I'm hoping for and last question is where can people find you online so as I said you're a great follow on Instagram if people aren't already um, following you on there but also your course where can they find that yeah so instagram wild lions wellness um i have a website too nothing too intriguing on there but <laughs> wildlionswellness.com um and then i have my group coaching course um wild and well fed and i run that about four times a year and in that course you actually get an htma lab that i actually do a session with you for 45 minutes and then we do a six-week group coaching as well um and then i also have my new course rewild your gut and um you can find that on my instagram through my bio link and all of that so is yeah. that just like a self-paced go at your own speed yes. of course so that's completely self-paced you do not need my help whatsoever um you get to create your own protocol your own gut protocol there is a facebook group so if you ever had any questions about creating your own protocol or any of that you can always ask questions in the facebook group and i go in and i you know answer them i'm pretty good at doing that i answer pretty quick um and then yeah the wild and well fed is a group program but you do get one one one-on-one session with me to go over your htma lab which makes it a little bit more like your work with me amazing what an amazing resource and thank you again for joining us today sharing your wisdom and clinical experience so yeah thank you for your time and i've loved connecting with you yeah thank you 
I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrolment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.